Hi, I'm Anika Allen and welcome to the Black Magic Podcast. It's conversations with brilliant and resilient British black women and their life journeys to success. Today I'm bringing a special and I'm actually in the Greenleaf Cafe in South East London so it's a different ambience what you usually would expect from the show but still just as good and still two amazing guests here with me. So today I'm here with my girls Christina Adesina and Michelle Wusu. Hey ladies. Hey. How are you doing? Good thank you. Good. good. So let's just kick off by letting people find out a bit about you, what you do, what your background is a bit. So Michelle let's start with you. Great, so I work in television, so I currently work at Channel 4 doing marketing and I've studied marketing and worked in marketing for over 10 years now. Um, and aside to that, I also run a platform called CTV, which is about promoting diverse talent in front of the camera and behind the camera and really making sure that their stories are heard. So that involves showcasing talent. It, involves going to events and reviewing their films mm. and it also involves interviewing people who are actors and directors and filmmakers and um, just shining a light on them because I guess mainstream media doesn't always do that so I thought there was a space. Definitely nice and we'll be touching back on all that in a bit like Christina <laughs> what about you? Um, I've been working corporate media world doing corporate events like oil and gas and defense events and then before I started my own telemarketing agency and um, we basically help um, delegates, you know, and give them information about more corporate events to sell on to. But um, that led me on to doing my own event as well called Shades of Beauty Live, um, which we're going to be celebrating black women as a collective, um, their beauty, business women in the industry as well. So what made you want to do Shades of Beauty? Um, Many different things. I feel like, um, you know, I feel like the universe gives us, you know, signs and there was lots of different signs that led up to Shades of Beauty Live. Um, one of them was a massive hit film that came out last year called Girls Trip. Oh, I love um, Girls Trip. What was your favourite scene? Oh, uh, <laughs> I think all of it where it was just... It was just so refreshing to see mm. joy. Yeah, just yeah. them walking down the street of New Orleans, just like yeah. laughing. It just reminded me of me of my girls. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's what you have fun together. You do crazy yeah. things together when you're on holiday. Yeah. And just a different look of the girl guy. Like not everybody was light skin, everybody was dark skin, mm. nobody was fat, nobody was skinny. It was just like that is just just they just looked real. Yeah. And the banter among them was just like the banter that reminds me, you know, just as Michelle said about friends and just laughing and joking and joy even through the pain. All we had their own pain and struggles but they were able to laugh through all of that and I think that's what life is about yeah and plus it was shot at the Essence Festival and I really yeah. want to go to the Essence Festival now I need to I need to be there so yeah. that is what inspired Shades of Beauty like because that's yeah. just like why all the time do we have to go to the US to experience mm. things like this I think that um, we are one of the fastest grown ethnic groups including the mixed race so I thought let's have a little bit we could, I mean, you know, have a little bit of sprinkle of Essence Festival here yeah, mm. no, definitely. I've always thought that we've had something like that missing here. That's why, mm. I guess, with the Black Magic Awards and how this podcast was birthed, why mm. I started the Black Magic Awards, because fed up of looking at black girls rocking America, and it's like, actually, yeah. we've got such amazing black women over here in the UK exactly. doing fantastic work. Why aren't we celebrating and mm -hmm. thanking them? Exactly. So, um, so, yeah, so I guess it's of the same, um, yeah, same space. So, um, so, yeah, so... I guess diversity is kind of within us all. Kind of, and we all seem to want representation in our mm -hmm. respective industries. Because you and I in the media, Michelle, mm -hmm. you in the kind of beauty, beauty industry, and things. Mm -hmm. So, I guess in, be in beauty, do mm -hmm. you, do you feel why do you feel black people aren't represented? Um, 
Well, I think there's several reasons. I, I think one of the things from where the perspective that I looked at was um, frustration. And the frustration was born out of the lack of regulation for the, for the market that we spend a lot of money on. So um, Shades of Beauty, I said it was a combination of different things, but Girl Trip was the first inspiration. But Shades of Beauty didn't come immediately after Girl Trip. But it was like, oh, that would be nice if we have something like that in the UK. The second inspiration came when um, I bought another uh, hair extensions with my sister, and basically we got we like we did we washed it and we tried all these different things to like as I say re re revitalize that hair and make it look skin <laughs> But washing it like bleach washing it, getting the thing nitrox oxide whatever. And, we, and the reason why we did that because we spent a lot of money on the hair. I went to yeah. actual hair shops to buy. We didn't buy it online. We didn't buy it through AliExpress. We spent a good couple of hundred on the hair, um, and it didn't it, it didn't get revitalized. It was still matting, still oh, tangling. No. It didn't look. It lost its shine. So I just said, I just said to myself, you know what? Why? I looked at the side of my. It sounds really weird, but I looked at the side of my washing machine, and it had like an energy rating sign. And I was thinking, why don't we have the same thing for hair extensions? Mm. Why is it only the colors that have been rated from one B, two C, three, whatever? Why is the the quality of the hair not rated? Mm. So I, I I then went about exploring what we now have, which is fair hair care, yeah. um, which is which is basically um, giving standardisation to human hair extensions. Um, let us know if it's been filled with polyfillers. Let us decide if we're going to spend 50, 20, 30 pounds and have the expectations of what we're getting. So when I explored mm. that further, I then discovered that a lot of products on the market that are sold to black women are not being regulated and not being looked at. And then when I delve in deeper, it's just because no one cares about that particular industry. I think the, the industry as a whole, I recognise for hair, yeah. it's not regulated at all. Um, but when you, but more so the products that are being sold to this demographic is highly unregulated. And that's why we have um, a lot of things in the news about products or ingredients being used in our in our in our, in our uh, what we're buying and it's not yeah. being regulated yeah i think um because as well when you're saying about the hair not being revitalized a lot of people kind of buy hair from a shop but actually sometimes it's fake it's not actually the real hair yeah. the, the, that brand that's actually in the packet yeah so but you're you're unaware of that yeah and in terms of like the products and not putting the ingredients on there and yeah. things you know i think what's one good thing is because of you know social media and yeah. kind of hair bloggers and things that are out there a lot more people are becoming aware of this and yeah. are, and um are taking a stand against it and like, yeah. making their own products or kind yeah. of trying to buy from more kind of natural hair uh -huh. care ranges and things yeah, so i think 100%. it definitely at your events at the right time yeah definitely yeah and I think in diversity in film although there has been a lot of changes over the years there's still a long way to go I mean it's surprising how we still think that having a black bond is um you know pe people are getting angry about something like that yeah. I mean what are your thoughts on the kind of state of the industry at the moment Michelle yeah I think as you said there has been some progress over time I think the main issue is that there hasn't been that diversity at a decision-making level. Um, and you see it within many sort of broadcasters or production companies that they there are a lot of training schemes that bring in people at entry level. But decision-making is where the decisions happen. So you, what goes on your screen, which talent goes on the screen, what director is directing it. And I guess everyone who works in media knows that it is quite a small industry. Mm. People get hired based on who you know. Exactly. And I think that's a culture that's very, very difficult to change. Mm. Um, and there are efforts being made to do that. And I think it will take a bit more time. Mm. But I think also the power lies in the consumer and obviously the 
the talent that you do have, there are mm. other ways. And I think we're in an industry where media is now becoming so diverse mm. and the channels to get your content yeah. seen are becoming a lot broader. It is a sort of DIY sort of place. The platforms, it's not just one, two, three, four, five and Sky. Mm. I mean, you could go on Netflix and Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, also explore sending your content overseas because that's what, you know, production companies like Brothers No Game have ended up doing. Yeah, they need to hit you up for that, right? <laughs> yeah, I have to give them a little plug. <laughs> so I was responsible for the marketing and the business development side of Brothers No Game, which was a web series, which then got picked up by London Live and then sold to the Caribbean and also um, countries in Africa via SVOD platforms. So that's subscription video on demand, so similar to like Netflix. Um, and then a Trace Play UK launched and they came on board to produce the series three so they actually funded that to help make that happen Amazing. so i think that's just a good example of how you can do it yourself do it yourself and i know that's not the only answer i think it's a constant debate like should we just make our own platforms mm. or should we really be challenging the mainstream to represent yeah. us i think it's a bit of both really because yeah. one of the annoying things about the mainstream is that yes they have their entry-level schemes but they also do have like you know the commissioner schemes mm. but then mm. they make black people or ethnic minorities jump through hoops mm-hmm. that they wouldn't make you know commissioner yeah. white commissioners jump through they just go have to go for a normal interview yeah. but yeah. then you do a diversity scheme and actually somebody who who is talented and can do the job then has to jump for a million hoops to to be able in order to get ahead and then really are they going to are you going to give them a job after that scheme in order yeah. for them to make effective change yeah. within the industry yeah. yeah and it's the language that we use around people like that it's always like oh you know it's risk taking we should be more risk taking and hire more diverse people and it's like why are we considered such a risk exactly yeah. we've already so shown that black panther girls trip mm-hmm. um straight out of compton those films did crazy numbers and crazy mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. Exactly. at the box office get out get out is that yeah. yeah won an oscar hello yeah, yeah. The oscar winners baby yeah exactly so i mean like you know we're not a risk it's an opportunity the and same thing it's funny even though yeah. we're talking about two different industries it all, it all connects yeah. the hair is exactly the same they still consider spending or investing in experiential marketing for this demographic a risk and I won't name no names but <laughs> we've had big massive multi-billion companies um, not even willing to give a hundred quid mm. to, to, to be present at Shades of Beauty Live um, all they'd rather do is just give out like free products and if you go to Asda you will have to pay to give out those free products so mm. it doesn't matter so it just for me it just goes to show that they're not investing in wanting, in wanting us to be here next year yeah. to be present for this demographic and, so, and I can completely relate in terms of what you're saying about the media industry and I think going back to what you said about us having our own platform in order to get to let the mainstream see, we do have to have our own platform. Mm. We do have to have things like um, Jamal from SSBM SBTV to be recognised because I'm sure if you went and took that to an all-white board to say that, oh yeah, I want to have this idea about doing this thing on YouTube's going to make a lot of money and it's going to be for grime eyes. I'd be like, you know, the world is not, there's not a big enough audience for that. It's not ready for that. Yeah. But then he proved them wrong. There is a big enough audience for it. It was ready for it. Was it the other guy, KSI? Yeah, yeah exactly. He's like one of the Your biggest YouTubers. YouTubers. Yeah. And he's black. But if that was up to a middle-aged white man to decide whether or not he would be the next biggest YouTube it would be a no and it's the same challenges I faced in the corporate world and I'm sure you have 
too. Yeah, I always say that um, as black people, I think we need to just remember and understand our power. Money talks, yeah. money talks, and money's power. And yes, yeah. there might not be as many of us in the UK, but still, our money's our money's worth something, and our money yeah. can make things go far. And our support. Yeah. So if we're supporting each other and spending with each other, with each other, you'd be surprised at to what we can achieve within yeah. the community. Yeah. And so, um, so you know, I always say, you know, just eat. Friends can do free things. You can, you know, people can share shades of beauty. People can share brothers with no game mm. so that it gets around so that more people hear about it and that mm-hmm. are supporting the things that we do. When Black Magic yeah. Wars come, people can share that and say, oh, friends, get your tickets yeah. to this. Yeah. Those things are free things that people yeah, can do. Definitely. Obviously, you know, spend money, buy, support these, support these things as well. But mm. outside of that, there's lots of a community that we can do and that mm. probably not enough of us, us do and realise our power within that. Mm. Do you think we do enough as a people I say is that support each other. I think that there are pockets of people that mm. definitely are trying to, you know, empower each other and support and mm. um, support other people. Um but I think there's definitely still a lot more that can be done. I mean, recently I heard um ZZ Mills talk about um with the kind of music industry and the artists within the music industry or I guess specifically black artists and I think she's more talking about the guys as well Mm. um, not supporting kind of black platforms Mm. and like when it comes to interviews and I mean, what were your thoughts on that when you heard that? Have you did you hear? Did you? Yeah, that yeah, I heard. Yeah. yeah, I was so shocked at that, or at the outrage why people mm, were just taking I it agree. so left. Mm. She was saying something very, very basic. Number one, she wasn't putting down Amelia whatsoever. Or bullying. So, or bullying so Amelia's the, the chicken, shop chicken shop date. She does a pro um, program called Chicken Shop Date, where she has a lot of kind of artists and things that go into a chicken shop and. They eat chicken. Quite comedic. And, yeah. yeah, and, um, and that to me has its own issues. But aside <laughs> from that, she was saying, okay, yeah, celebrate her. Well done for what she's done. But obviously, there are a plethora of black women who are also trying to come up. Like, could, you know, black artists still, you know, try to go on their platforms to support them a bit more? Mm. Could they give that same energy? I don't see where there was a misstep in her statement. Yeah. Um, I know. That's not to say all artists don't do that and they just go to the white man and just, you know, sort of boost their platforms. And But she was just saying, could that energy be given a little bit more? Because, yeah, I think black women are notoriously, it's not it's not a myth. Black I think the reaction of just... I think the rea- what was upsetting about that reaction and it was the fact that we've already got a problem with the media seeing us as aggressive, as bullies. Mm. Mm. And then for another black or opposing outrage of black men coming yeah. back on the on the scene saying that she was a bully, she's a bully. Yeah. That, just goes to support that yeah there's a poor white woman in a corner that's cowering and is being slagged off and that it just it just it just kind of reaffirmed mm. all the negative attributes mm. that we're faced with every day in a normal working world and I think that was pretty sad that as she said just for her expressing herself mm. and not abusing anyone not putting down anybody but just mentioning that there could be more done yeah and she didn't even mention any specific artist names no. to say that you hadn't come on her show she mm. just saying her personal experience and her opinion yeah and um and you know, and you know, it's not even um, just the UK. P- people have said that. Mm-hmm. I've seen um, American outlets that have said some of the similar things, like mm-hmm. either that they haven't got support from the from the talent over there, or that 
they are the ones that give the grassroots support and help that talent level up. But when they get to the levels and when they're like, they're not coming back yeah, down, they're not, yeah. that's not feeding back down, their, their PRs are blocking or they're not saying, yeah, exactly. let me go on my, yeah. that show that helped me when, yeah. um, when nobody yeah. knew my name. Yeah, and Amelia even came back agreeing okay. and sort of acknowledging, okay, yes, I do understand that I have a certain mm. privilege props you keep going very very supportive so it just looks really i think bad on yeah to be coming out yeah and attacking ourselves because if 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 the lady i was saying emilia who is a caucasian woman you know came back and supported us and said yeah i agree that is very difficult for your position to to get that and then you've still got black men who this community wholly supports because they get a lot of discrimination against mm. them I, I, I basically I can never foresee it being the other way around a black woman or black women coming out and aggressively shouting down the man and saying yeah you, you know you as a black man you're just being a bully just attacking um, Westwood for having a radio station or something like that do you know what I mean like you know I, I, I wholly think that it would be like the black woman be like yeah like you know support. let's support our grassroots and it's just it, it was just a shame that 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 the reaction was done by um, a group of black men. On the subject of colorism, do you think she would have got that kind of reaction if she'd have been a light-skinned black woman? Just out of interest. Well, what do we think that answers? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. And I know that she's quite vocal and she's opinionated, but what is the negative part of that? Yeah. She has a voice and she uses it. Um, some people take offense to it, but mm-hmm. I also think because she isn't, the stereotypical looking looking that the industry mm. tend to get behind that yeah she does get extra mm. sort of source pulled in her. yeah and I, I, you know not to plug shades of beauty like but this is what <laughs> we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about you know beauty and eye beholder and colorism and and how you know it, it shouldn't be team dark skin versus team light skin yeah i hate all that yeah, yeah. It's, it's complete nonsense and it's funny because um i had to, i had an interview recently with pulse radio and they were asked and then someone asked just behind the scenes it wasn't it wasn't recorded or anything that when did i really realize that i was dark skin when did i feel like there was a whole team dark skin team light skin and for me it was actually in, in secondary school um that i felt that whole team light skin. i didn't feel it in primary school at all in primary school i just felt like it was not great to be african mm. oh whatever yeah, that reasons was, that was the story in primary school in primary school but in secondary school Hormones, boys get involved. I went to, I went to me and funny enough, me and Michelle went to the same secondary <laughs> school. But you know, but we, but we still had like a, a mixed school next door, and you know, I still went out, I still went to parties with mates, and it was that whole thing that oh, um, you know, in terms of men and attraction, it was made clear to me that as of being a darker teenage girl I was never going to be as attractive as the mixed race girl or the light skinned girl next to me that my 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 shade was a problem at that age yeah and how did that make you feel um it made me feel like being mixed race was automatically you're better off or being white you're automatically better off mm-hmm. and I was I was always going to be bottom of the part when it came to attraction on the on the scale of men what men find attractive yeah did you ever feel that way at school Michelle. Yeah, I think it it was there. It was definitely in secondary school. Like Christina said, we went to the same one, and you could definitely tell the mixed race girls got the mm. attention after school, mm. and like the boys would come mm. hang around. Like, yeah, we were just there, you know, because we don't. <laughs> no one was checking for us. So, <laughs> just be happy on the sidelines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess. But I think it was nice mm. at St. Savior's because I think we had that. 
I think the focus girl, was like, yeah, girl, yeah, girl, girl, sisterhood, yeah, and I think that was really character building in a yeah, real, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> real sort of leaky way. But I think yeah. it's character building because we were able maybe to focus on other stuff, yeah, sisterhood, maybe academics, our strength, yeah. yeah, focus on what your strengths are. Not saying yeah. that we didn't think we were beautiful, but I think at that time when you're 14 and you're trying to sort of find yourself and you've got exactly. self-esteem going issues puberty. and going through puberty yeah. it's a difficult time yeah. but I think you you do sort of build character and yeah and it's, and it's learn to love yourself yeah I definitely think and I think it was storytelling as well and it was a sisterhood that got me through that yeah. whole you know men not necessarily being on the top of the men's list but I think that it was a quite a clear divide mm. when we talk about colorism there was quite a clear divide at that age in my classroom, Michelle can give her own account of her classroom. <laughs> in my classroom, was quite a clear divide between um, mixed race and Caucasian girls and the black girls. And the black girls were the ones that were just seen working away, having to do their work, not allowed out late at night. And then the Caucasian and mixed race girls would come back and tell us stories of what they got up to last night. And they'll be the ones waiting after school with the boys. Or have the boyfriends. Or we go to we go to the cinema with guys. We go to the so parties. You'll go to yeah. the parties. Under under eighteen rays. <laughs> that we were allowed to go to. So from that age, that that shade of what that shade was able to do and what my shade was able to do was quite clear. And I didn't see it as negative. I actually kind of saw it as that's just my path and yeah. that's just their path. Um, but I, I I would be sitting here to lie to say that. I didn't have that inkling. I just like, oh, just for one day, like yeah. maybe being light skin would be more fun because this is what they get up to. You know yeah. what I mean? This is what they're like. This is their way. This is what they're allowed to do. But that is the first time I realised I was dark skin. It's crazy because when I think back, I mean, I went to a predominantly white and Asian school. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, I think in my cousins who were in the older year, I think both my cousins I think, were. One was the only black girl in her year, and then mm. the other was it was just her and another girl. But luckily, in my year, I had myself, my twin sister, and there was well, probably about yeah, um, <laughs> and there was probably about yeah, and there was probably about five other black girls and things. So I think um, considering like it was a massive school, there was like one thousand two hundred people in my mm, school, so wow, it's massive. massive. So so the, all the black people, everybody knew, yeah. but. Um, and there was probably well, a couple of mixed race people, not that many, mm. but it was never a it was never a thing for me at school. Mm. I don't know I don't know why, but um it just it just it just never I, I never kind of thought it's, it's just as I've gotten older mm. that um and I've noticed things more and how mm. um and I've learnt more about unconscious bias and I've kind mm. of seen more how um, people react whether it's in a job interview whether it's as you said how guys check out girls or the girls chosen for music videos when mm. I used to work in production and things it's mm. more those kind of things that mm-hmm. have um, allowed me to understand a bit more rather than my own kind of personal experience growing up mm. and so I think I, so part of me thinks that's a good thing because I find that um I think that some people that may have experienced the negative side of that mm. when they're younger maybe unknown to them sometimes they have kind of these kind of limiting beliefs or unconscious yeah. thoughts about themselves as as a person because of their skin tone yeah and it's yeah. a learned behavior yeah. and when you were speaking earlier about you know you we were the ones that said at home blah, 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 i think part of it is also culture coming from a strict yeah. african background mm. and even sort of things that africans do say yeah for example i'm 
fairer than my sister just by a tad yeah but even the comments that african aunties would make and or mm. you know your uncles or they just always reference your skin tone and yeah it's just like you you can internalize that stuff Definitely. like you say it's behavior that you have to unlearn mm-hmm. um, and it takes time and it's a process and some some people become adults and they don't ever unlearn that behavior yeah. it's just something they live with if anything because my my mum's typical jamaican where kind of you know actually lots of people in my family come out with comments about kind of um shade and color Mm. and things when i think back as well Mm. but again i don't know just because i think just because i was always quite a strong character Mm. i never i never even took on their comments and things you know because obviously you know we've got I've got people in my family that are like as black as night and people that are as mm. you know light that look white when they're actually you know full mm. full black both parents but just just really mm. light and stuff so I think yeah. just, it's, it's just sad that it's still there and still present um, yeah. within yeah. the black community I would hope that now because we've grown up and we're making moves in our respective industries yeah. that younger women and younger girls feel that there are people that they can look up to and that they see that look like them because yeah. growing up I, there wasn't anybody from no. me, especially anyone who worked in like media exactly june sarpong yeah, that was a woman that i looked up yeah, to this working yeah. she's like a queen to me yeah um, yeah i was so happy that she was really dark as well yeah, and yeah. exactly that, that have been that i was really proud to see her on tv yeah she also featured on a previous episode of a podcast Ooh, just so you know feeling great company <laughs> yeah she was great company so yeah but yeah. exactly so you know i think all of us had to know that we could mm. be before we could see it because yeah. there's never anyone that looked like us doing the yeah. kind of things that we're doing now what yeah. yeah. i you know i did touch on the whole looks and stuff like that but what was clear as well and what was a positive thing I think about in school as well is that what was celebrated was um, because we were very academically smart in my head the story that I told myself at that age was that <laughs> I was a lot smarter than, an, than another which is you know, than another race because that's what the story was told to me is that that they go out and do that and we work and we get the A's and that was really celebrated by by the acknowledgement the teachers rewarding us so yeah it's so funny because we're living in a London and you wouldn't think that should be that it should mm. be the case but the mm. Asians and the black girls in our school were really kind of indoctrinated do- and celebrated for what for their achievements and it was but the line was very kind of clear like so that was a story that I guess yeah. we were fed that age it, it's, it's, it's a negative it's, but it was yeah. also a positive as well but I guess part of what annoys me about that is that it's brilliant that you smart and intelligent yeah. and got the A's but I feel like that kind of continues to um, manifest in adult life where we're all working really hard yeah. we're all really talented yet mediocre people get Still ahead get, mm-hmm. you, know, you know so mm-hmm. at the moment you know you know the gender pay gap mm-hmm. and um, is a very, very big thing in the media yeah. and people are talking you know, you know women we need to get paid the same as men yeah. and I say um, and what I say about that is that actually you know it's going to come a time where mediocre white men are going to start getting angry they're going to get angry (laughs) no they are they're going to get angry because because women talented women are going to come up and and going to rise up and pass them kind of thing and obviously talented black people and other ethnic minorities are going to come up and surpass them as well so they'll they'll, they'll, it will turn around it's Mm. not going to happen you know for now Mm. but it but it will turn around and i guess but, but my i guess my issue being though that you know you have to you have to, to work, work hard. harder to mm-hmm. to do something that other people don't have to work hard to get that's the behavior that i think i have unlearned so mm-hmm. yes i think growing up even up here africa yes <laughs> <laughs> i'm like oh 
So I understand where they're coming from and they did it for a reason because they know that we're living in a country that they were not born into. Mm. Um, but it, I think it's very damaging because you, you then grow up with a bit of imposter syndrome where you're in a workplace and you're not sure whether you're, you should be there or you don't really deserve to be there yeah. because this is not rightfully your place. And I think it's very dangerous. I think I had to learn to, sort of, like you said earlier, understand your value and understand your power. And I think that's come from reading and looking up to other people. And I mm. think I read um, Lean In. And I think that just like switched my think thinking quite a bit. And it was all about women, regardless of race, yeah. to just walk into the room and negotiate. Don't mm. accept mm. the first offer. Yeah, Understand your power. Ask for things. Like I had never asked for a pay rise in my life until I read that book. Yeah. Mm. So, that, so I think there's real power in really... Yeah. sort of exploring those mentors or people who have done done that before and taking those important lessons because otherwise it is a very sort of dangerous yeah. behaviour to have. That's why I was just smiling when you said that because mm. I was thinking, yeah, work, that, that whole work hard mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Put it in the bin. Put it yeah. in the bin. That's that what my dad and my mum <laughs> drilled into me when I was young. And then when I, when I got my first corporate job in like the media, I'm not gonna, yeah, it's, it's a very kind of, you know, racist place, racist, it, 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 this is the institution, I was like in the middle of the institution, and when I realised what mediocre got you, mm. and what mediocre people I was looking up to, mm. I just quickly, <laughs> as Michelle said, just undid that thought process of, wow, you, you don't need to work hard at all no, to yeah. get to the top. You can work yeah, smart. Exactly. For me, in the industry that I came from, that is still very much the case, that it's not about how hard you work or what your qualifications are or how good you are. Yeah. It's simply about, I'm going to get on with him. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, that's a, a lot. Of, that's what I tell a lot of people. When you're going for a job interview, you know, show who you are, and but also ask them questions to see if you like them because a lot of the times, most people are thinking, the guys are thinking, can I take him down the pub? Can can I have a drink with him? Mm. And the girls thinking, oh, so could we go out to dinner? Could I see us, you know, like going out mm. shopping together? Mm. Or you know, could would we could we be friends outside yeah, of yeah. work? And if they can't see that, then no, despite not. your talent, despite yeah. the grades that you've got. They don't want to hire you unless yeah. they have to. Yeah, <laughs> you get the same. Oh, I just don't think they were right for the, the culture. culture. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that's such a problem. <laughs> it's such a problem. And I think this is, you know, this is why it's so important that, you know, Michelle has her platform. I have Shades of Beauty platform. We need to have, we need to have Black Magic Network platform. These platforms are going to become ever so important to my mm. kids that mm. are growing up. Like, in 10 years' mm. time, this should be a platform that... They will, it'll be second nature for them to be like, oh yeah, you know, Black Magic Network, we've got this, we've got this, we've got that. I think the saddest day for me when, in terms of the media was mm. when Choice FM was bought by Capital. Yeah. Because that was a big thing. It was a sad that, loss. Yeah. Because when you think back to the kind of presenters on there, the kind oh of God, music yeah. and talent they broke and... Jeff Schumann. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even I, Choice FM Weekender. I used to go to Choice FM Weekender. Oh and I used to... Um, I, w I was I entered Miss Jamaica UK and won and my and I was yes, yes, I was yes. <laughs> and I was sponsored by by Choice FM that was like, wow. like, like the stuff I was wearing and stuff so so I was very sad to see Choice FM Choice yeah. FM die and so yeah. I think that is you know so it's great to see that we do have amazing platforms coming up but we definitely mm -hmm. do need more and like I said keep on supporting them yeah. Because it is, it's black ownership, isn't it? And yeah. Supporting black businesses. Yeah. But what do you say to people? Obviously, everyone still has their individual journey. So say if you're building a platform, say if 
I don't know, another company wants mm. to come and buy, buy it off of you, you're going to say no to millions? No, but I think... Is, I mean, is, there is there a responsibility that we have to hold on to that regardless? Yes. Christina <laughs> like, yes. says yes. I think like, yes. I think you, the only responsibility, kind of you, you have is to to yourself, your integrity, and, and your legacy. So mm. it depends on if you feel that that's doing that's doing the right thing for you. So mm. I wouldn't, I would never tell anybody what to do. But I'm ho I'd hope that if they sold that platform, mm. they'd go on and do other things within the community, maybe with mm. that money or with um with what they're doing. Yeah, because yeah. I remember Shay Moisture, the guy originally mm. Dennis who owned that, and then he sold it onto Unilever. Yeah, and there was such a huge uproar. Like, yeah. why is he selling out? He's selling mm -hmm. out. He's selling out. Then he took that money to create Essence Ventures, and now Essence Magazine mm. is now 100% black owned. Oh, exactly. It has a female exec board, mm. and now he's got a, a fund that's supporting um, women mm. tech startups or there women startups. Mm. So exactly what you're saying, using that money mm. to go and do something else to build another area of the community. Mm. So yeah, maybe that is the way you take that and. Yeah. Use it for your own. Yeah. Your so own I didn't thing. even know that, but there you, you go. go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm the original story, obviously, being Zena and Chase of Beauty. Yeah. But I also think that because of what I've seen in the corporate world, I understand as well that you can still sell a business but have control yeah. and mm. keep the control in the community. I've been witness where um, a director she sold a she sold a company, but her one thing was that she still remains a director of the company. Yeah, and she still has control over the board and stuff like that. So. He could have sold it, but still can kind of maintain that control because end of the day, yeah. it's still what we put on our head. Yeah, <laughs> I think he does. To be fair, I went to an event in New York yeah. and he was speaking, and the lady from Unilever was there, and he's he's still involved. around, involved yeah. in okay, some way. Maybe good. not leading yeah. the charge, but he's there, yeah, okay. keeping an eye on it. So oh, yeah, I think good. that's a, a good way to sort yeah. of manage it. So girls, with all your experience in school and with your respective careers, looking back, what is the kind of message you would ever tell your younger self? So. Christina, we'll start with you. What would you tell your younger <laughs> oh, self? God. So many things. Um, I would say um, the sky's not the limit. Like, mm. and dream, dream, dream. Like, I know everyone cusses Conway, but, you know, we are in a simulation <laughs> sometimes. We need to look beyond those, you know, walls that we've been built, that built around ourselves. There's so much more out there. Mm. Michelle? I would say, and it's probably something quite personal, I would say be a louder version of yourself mm. so i grew up quite quiet like my sister's the loud one of the family i'm the reserved yeah. one and people always said oh michelle's shy i don't think i'm shy do you think i'm shy no i wouldn't call you shy but when you're younger people and people call me shy like i'd sit in the corner just observe people mm. and even going through my, my career like even i've had managers sit down and talk to me and say shy i know you put your head down you just get your work done you're not here mm. for all the sort of cozying up to the going down to the pub you're not down for that but sometimes those things can progress your career. Yeah. You can work as hard as, as what we were saying yeah. before, work as hard as you like, but if you're not in Connecting. the room and yeah. present and head up, sometimes opportunities can pass you by. Um, so I, there were times like, I was like, oh, do I have to be loud? I'm working in media, am I supposed to be this outgoing mm. personality? But that's just not who I am. So I think you just have to see what I had to look at myself, say, where were my strengths and how can I just amplify them? Mm. And I felt building relationships, connecting with people, that was something that I found quite easy to do. So yeah. Yeah. And in doing that and really amplifying that and paying attention to it, I've had some amazing opportunities both mm. here in the UK and abroad as well. So I think just learning to be a louder version of yourself, you don't have to be someone different, but just mm. step out, put your head up and yeah. see how you can amplify your own mm. personal qualities, I think and do that a lot earlier rather than yeah. start later because I think yeah you'll find that you experience a lot of amazing stuff 
Amazing. Yeah. So ladies, if people are listening want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? For me, I'm yeah. all over social media. So on Twitter, it's Michelle Shanti, which is M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-S-H-A-N-T-I. And that's the same on Instagram as well. Cool. And Christina? Yeah, for me, it's just Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A. And Adesina, which is A-D-E-S-I-N-A. And just come and hit us up at www.shadesofbeautylive.com. Well, it's been lovely to have you both on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having yeah. us. Yeah, That's all fun. right. So everybody listening, thank you for keeping it locked to the Black Magic Podcast. You can now follow us on Instagram at Black Magic Podcast and use the hashtag if you're listening so that we can follow you and see what you're saying about the show. Remember to share, subscribe and share the magic. <laughs>